Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Hello there. Don, hello. How are you, sir? I am very well, thank you. Well, this is such a pleasure, my friend. Um, you've been doing a lot of interviews. I, I, I looked at the slots, and I'm like, Don, I don't know what else you'd have time to do with your day, man. Now, I have no time left to do with my day, <laughs> but I, I have plenty of other days, believe me. Well, you know what? Uh, and that's a good thing, right, my my friend, because uh, here we are, and, and it's been just such a crazy year, and yeah. we're, we're, we're just trying to kind of to band together and get through this thing. What, what's the last year been like for you, just in a nutshell? Well, I've had a blast. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten my YouTube channel started. I've written a bunch of new songs for a new album. I've put a lot of programming on the channel, things about like how to play the guitar and how I sing with the guitar, uh, how to play the five-string banjo, the long neck five-string banjo. I have a lot of information about that, which I wanted to pass on in case someday somebody wants to know about that because mostly people think about Scruggs style. They don't really know about the folk style banjo. I put that on there. Uh, a lot of different uh, things where uh, I did one thing for Martin Guitars, which was a, a jam, you know, where I play and sing and all kinds of stuff, you know. And I think probably more people know about me personally now than they ever have in 50 years because yeah. I've exposed myself that way uh, and they know who I am now. Well, every, you know, everybody definitely uh, knows you and what a what a wonderful just lineage you have. Uh, and, and to, as of tomorrow, it is the, uh, the 62nd anniversary of what you coined the day the music died, the plane crash in Iowa, of course, that took the lives of Buddy Holly, Richie Valens and the big bopper. So talk about just kind of, obviously you became synonymous with that event because of, of the song American pie that you wrote, but what was your kind of emotions like and what kind of a fan of, uh, you know, of music were you in 1959 when this happened? Well, that's an interesting question. And I got to Could I take a little time to answer that? Because I want to paint a little bit of a picture for you. Uh, America was a very uh, conservative country uh, in those days. Uh, it was a white country. It was a Christian country. Um, it was a proper country. You, you even see baseball games, you know, back in 1959, everybody has a hat and a coat and tie on and the women are, 
or dressed, you know, a certain way. Um, so it was, there were rules and people had been through the depression and through World War II. And there were a ton of kids that came out of that uh, return of all the soldiers home. They started having families. And the word teenager actually was coined uh, because there were so many kids in their teens. That was, it was not a word that was applied to previous generations of young people ever. It was only in the 50s. And rock and roll was a kid's music. It was not a grown-up music. It was not music for grown-ups. It was music for teenagers. It was not taken seriously by grown-ups or by, um, you know, the arts, if you will, even. It was kids' music. And Fender guitars were for kids, you know. Um, so we had our own thing and um, we didn't have any money. You know, you had to work a lot to get a dollar or to get $5 or $2. Um, the only time you got money was at Christmas. <laughs> you might end up with $10. Right. So, you know, if you shoveled snow on a bad day, whether it be a foot and a half of snow, you'd shovel out driveways, you get a dollar, you know, and you do maybe 10 of those, you know, with your buddy, maybe 15, you take you all afternoon, you go home and just die in the tub and you have, but you'd have $10, which is a huge amount of money. So our album costs about three bucks. So my first album, I remember, was Buddy Holly, the Buddy Holly album, one with him on the cover just alone called Buddy Holly. The second one was the Chirping Crickets. And that mm. was the one that, that one. And the next one was an Everly Brothers, the fabulous style of the Everly Brothers, which had Till I Kissed You on it. And those three albums were it. That's all I had. And so, you know, the focus of my little mind and my young mind on these on this music was incredibly intense you know listening to these things over and over and over and that's something that i did that's why i'm different from other people because i'm a musician and a songwriter i would listen to a record a hundred times you know and drive everybody in my house bananas you know not again you're going to hear that one more time yes and i hear something else every time I listen to it. So that's what got me started wanting to make records later on. I had to do that. You know, that was, that, that was what happened. And, and that was the focus, just those three albums pretty much. And so when I, you know, delivered this paper and saw that he'd been killed along with Richie Valens, who I liked very much, and the Big Bopper, who I also enjoyed, it was devastating. It really was. Do you see that now? And as we look back at, at music and the landscape of America, and you painted a, a wonderful picture of that, do you see that as almost a, that plane crash occurs and almost like a symbolic sort of just transition in, in culture? Because post-World War II Americana, we, you know, is depicted in shows like Leave it to Beaver and the Andy Griffith show, early rock and roll, Elvis Presley, Little Richard. And did, did that transition us to sort of what we saw in the 1960s? Well, you know, if I were to sit back and say uh, to you, honestly, um, 
there was this foreshadowing that something was wrong, something was up. I, that's how I felt. I was always very sensitive about this stuff. My friends didn't give a rat's ass about Buddy Holly. They didn't care about music that much. They cared about swimming. They cared about tennis. You know, they cared about <laughs> golf, whatever they cared about, uh, running, you know, football. They didn't care that much about, about that. But to me, it was all part of something that was going on. And a lot of deaths happened after that. My father died. And then Kennedy was shot. Then more deaths in the 60s, chaos. So it, it was in my, I was living through this and never said a word about the Buddy Holly crash until finally the end of the 60s. <clears throat> um, I was always interested in what happened though. And I was always, I would even go to New York and, and go to the, the New York Public Library and get a microfilm out. <laughs> uh, on the day and try to see if there was more that I could read in the New York Times, perhaps, and learn some more information. Because my little local newspaper didn't just had a little column, you know, didn't say anything. It was everybody had the same column in those newspapers. So I was, um, and you couldn't learn anything about anybody. There was nothing. You, you weren't told anything. It was over and finished, you know, sure. and you couldn't dwell in it. Because Americans were very forward-thinking. If so, in fact, in the old days, if a star making a movie died, a lot of times they wouldn't release the movie because the person we didn't want to go see a dead person. Interesting. That's, yeah. a, that's the truth. Yeah. So uh, we became fixated on death after the '60s, and American Pie sort of represents something about that—the American death trip, if you will. Everybody's focused now on on death and dying and looking backwards and and all this stuff. It wasn't the America of the nineteen of nineteen fifty nine. So that's my little <laughs> remarks about I, about that. So you put that in context a little bit. I appreciate that. Uh, and you know, the song itself. Of course, you're you're celebrating the fiftieth anniversary. And tell talk about the the new version that you have done with Home Free because I think it is. It's, it's tremendous, and it's great to have a fresh take on the, this iconic song. It's been covered by uh, so many artists over the years, but why, I mean, is, is this a deal where they wanted to do this this with you? It's your 50th anniversary. Was How, how did this kind of come about? Uh, my uh, manager, Kurt Webster, suggested it and told them, because they had done something with um, um, Lee Greenwood, I think they did the God Bless the USA or something like that and did very well with that song. And he said, why don't you do American Pie? It's coming up on his 50th anniversary. And and these kids said, oh, wow, that's a great idea. And so they made a great arrangement. It's all they're doing. You know, I just appear in the video, sing in the front and the end of the song and the whole arrangement and everything. But the four verses in the middle where the four boys each take a verse, they're kind of singing the way I sing the song, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, rep it's representative of my performance, but it's not me. And then I'm at the front and the end. And then their whole doo-wop approach um, to the music is a, is it a kick in the ass, you know, it works real well. Well, has there ever been a time in your life, Don, that you resented this song? You have, 
so many wonderful songs, you know, from Vincent to Castles in the Air, and you're you're just a, a wonderful songwriter. And and has there ever been a time where you the song just you you wanted to distance yourself from it, or is it just one that you you know what it's done for you and you keep it right there with you as uh, you know almost a, as a child or a best friend? I know that um, all my songs will be remembered, and I know that. But American Pie is so much fun. And it's so interesting. And there are things happening that you have to talk about it. And I understand why the people like to talk about it. But they listen to a lot of stuff that I do. And they love, they love what I do. But there's that. That's the cherry on top, really. You know, it's not the whole, the whole thing. And so I'm, I'm very pleased, actually, with how things are going. Because it's all these years later. And it's going to be appealing to young people by the millions right now again. And I don't know of anybody that's doing that. I just don't. Yeah. Most of the older music is older people's music and it doesn't, doesn't filter down, but you know, young people are looking for everything everywhere. They're not just stuck on, um, you're right. You know, these, so they want to find out because they're not happy with what they're hearing. You know that they don't—they're not really happy with it. They want to find it. They're listening to me, believe me, and finding all kinds of stuff out about me. Rap singers are listening to me. That's why Drake did "Do It Wrong" when he's in two of my songs. He—he he, he sold four million records of a song he did called "Do It Wrong," and that it uses two of my songs for all the lyrics in that song. One is called "The Wrong Thing to Do," and the other is called "When a Good Thing Goes Bad," and he took those lyrics and wrote this uh, rap song or whatever it is. It's not rap, really. It's kind of a cool song uh, called Do It Wrong. It sold 4 million copies. I own 60% of that. Nice. I'm partners with Drake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because these guys are looking around. All Everybody in all areas of young people, whether they're rap artists or whether they're you know, girl singers who want to you know, do a Madonna thing or whatever, they're looking around for ideas and music and they look through my stuff and uh, know what I'm doing. So it's all a wonderful thing, especially to have a big song like that, bring people to, you know, all the other songs. So it's, it, it works very well. I want everybody, all of our listeners to go to your website, donmclean.com, where you can get uh, all the information about what's yeah. coming up. And for you, what's coming up, which is amazing, is you've got some tour dates scheduled coming up here in 2021. How many did you have postponed last year, uh, approximately? 70, 70 shows. You are kidding me. That is no, insane. Seven, 70 shows. And I had nearly that same amount or more this year. I have three tours, and I have no idea whether they're going to happen. But I can tell you this that this will end and at some yeah. point we will have the green light to go back and be like we used to be <laughs> and i will be touring the world one more time massively all right i'll be on the road all the time and i'm ready we'll be ready to do that when that time comes because i've gotten a lot of other business taken care of in this time that i've been home so i have nothing that i have hanging I, i've got it all going on now well i am so excited for for that and can't wait to see what 2021 brings. I know you have some dates up on the website. So, you know, no, no guarantees because we just don't know, but 
check those out on uh, donmclean.com. But Don, you, I, I know, I see that you've got um, a Rock Legends cruise on there, and that's for 2022, so it'll be off in the distance. But have you done those before? And how no, much I never fun? Much have. fun. Oh, I never it, have. It'll be a blast. You'll love that. You'll love it. Well, I'm sure my girlfriend will love it too. So <laughs> that's that's so great, and I'm just so happy to 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 see you and what you've done and your lineage still out there in the forefront. And you're so right what you say because uh, you know I'm around uh, you know teenage kids all the time, and they're doing deep dives on stuff because of YouTube and because yeah. of other avenues. Isn't that cool that, that that's out there for them? But they're they're hungry, you know. For yeah. This. And one of the things that I get a kick out of is, you know, I'm in good shape uh, and my band is phenomenal. And I, I go out on stage and I think, you know what? I'm going to show these kids something about how things are done. You know, I'm going to show them something about songwriting, something about singing, something about performing that they might not get from anybody else. And so I love doing that, you know, and, and I do it. I, I try to stay at the top of my game. You know, I, I'm, I have very high standards and I sing every day while I'm home here. And, um, you know, I'm ready to go at any time. Well, I absolutely. And, I, and before we let you go, I do have to ask you about 2004. You were inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Let's talk about what that means to you, because I feel like songwriters are unheralded. You guys are you know, you like the offensive linemen of, of the music industry. And regardless if you perform your songs or not, the songwriting art form is maybe one that is, doesn't get enough credit. So how, how much does that mean to you that you went into the, the hall of fame? Well, in you know, I mean, I, it was the apex of, um, of that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, I, 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 I was never, I never thought any of this stuff would ever happen to me. Hmm. You know, and all of a sudden, more and more things are happening. There's a snowball now rolling at this stage in my life that is, I'm getting honored all over the place. There's going to be a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh. There are all sorts of stuff going on. And I, it's a, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. And I, I love Johnny Mercer, you know, and he started that whole thing. It's, he also started Capitol Records. So what a great guy and wrote so many beautiful songs. Um but, you know, to have your peers who are songwriters say, okay, you know, we're going to let you in here. Um, golly, that's amazing because I never thought of myself as a songwriter. I was a singer and that was my primary focus. And so I began to write songs because I couldn't find, I knew thousands and thousands of songs, folk songs, rock and roll songs, popular songs. But I all of a sudden reached a point where nothing said what I had in my head that I wanted to say. So I was forced to try to write what it was I was thinking. And that's why these songs came into being. Sister Fatima, Crossroads, American Pie, Dreadle, whatever they are, if we try. Um, all because I could never find any song like that. Right. Oh, so true, Don. Uh, it's, it's been a true pleasure. Can't wait to see you out there on the road. Uh, we will definitely make that happen. And I just wish continued success and, and certainly health and happiness going forward, man. And we're going to get this thing back on track and you're going to be able to get this out there to the world again. And I can't wait to, for it well, to happen. You know, the music helps people get through this. It does. You know, listening to the song, the new version of American Pie, they're going to love it. They'll listen to the old version. And they'll love that. They'll listen to the, the albums again and they'll start to feel like human beings again. And the world is not, you know, over. 
uh, we hit a, a weird, you know, twist in the road. But these are things that are like always the same, you know. And no matter what happens, even when 9-11 happened, you had the music to go back to. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about it. it. You can pull a statue down. You can, you know, blow up a building, but you can't get rid of a song like American Pie because millions of people know it by heart. They certainly do, and there's millions more that are going to because it's going to be featured in some really big films coming up in, in 2021. Don, thank you again so much. You are as uh, class act as it gets, and I can't wait to, to see this thing through as we get back on track in 2021. Thank you so much, thank sir. Thank you a lot, man. I enjoyed talking to you. Pat, thank you.